Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Star Wars 7x7, episode 1202. So, remember all that talk about how I was like, they're taking no prisoners on this new season of Star Wars Rebels. Well... They really kind of pull the rug out on you from that one. It's Heroes of Mandalore Part 2, the episode recap for Star Wars Rebels Season 4, Episode 2. Punch it, Chewie. This is Bobby Roberts, formerly of Full of Sith, and you are listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and this is the recap for Heroes of Mandalore Part 2. It is the second of the two-part premiere of Season 4 of Star Wars Rebels that showed up on Monday evening. And this is the part of the episode that they did not show at Star Wars Celebration, so they actually left everybody there on a cliffhanger for six months thinking that, well, actually, before I start, let me just say for sure, so that way you know what you're getting into, that this is a full spoiler recap and review. So if you have not seen the episode yet and don't want it to be spoiled, then save this podcast for a later date. Otherwise, let's go. They let you think that Sabine's brother and mother are dead, and it turns out no. Not so much. They were at the edge of the blast radius and managed to survive after all. Good thing the thing doesn't have the range that it's supposed to have because it turns out Sabine destroyed the prototype and whatever records she had, but they were able to reconstruct it to some degree. And Tiber Saxon, who is the viceroy, who is the brother of Gar Saxon, who's no longer with us, has to report to Grand Admiral Thrawn on the weapons development. Thrawn, of course, notices that the arc pulse generator, as it is called, doesn't have the same range. And so the only way it's going to get its range expanded is by capturing Sabine Wren and making her fix it, right? Meanwhile, the Rebels and the Mandalorians make a plan to destroy this thing, and they think they're going to sneak onto Tiber Saxon's Star Destroyer. What are the chances... I mean, really, did they think that was actually possible? Like, they jetpack over to the thing, and yeah, doesn't even work at all. Ridiculous. Like, this is on the level of Luke trying to rescue Han and sending everybody in to get captured at Jabba's palace, okay? No way. So, ultimately, Saxon captures Sabine and Bo-Katan and tries to get Sabine to alter the weapon so that way it can have the full range it's supposed to have well the whole thing is is that the weapon somehow keys in on an element of mandalorian armor at least that's how it was designed so it can superheat the armor and thus the person inside they talk about or at least ezra proposes the idea of switching it so that it could do stormtrooper armor instead of mandalorian armor and sabine's like yeah i've thought about that but not really doesn't work And apparently it does work, actually, because that's how she ends up subduing 
what's his face? <laughs> Tiber Saxon and all the stormtroopers that are attacking all the Mandalorians inside this Star Destroyer. Which then, as a result, means that Tyra Saxon is getting tortured, basically, by this device. And Sabine is going, like, this is the only way that we're going to make this right. Like, we got to kill this guy and anybody else who is doing wrong against the Mandalorians. Bo-Katan is like, no, this is not our way. And Sabine relents and says, yeah, you're right, it's not our way. And so I'll just destroy this thing instead. So she destroys the thing by giving it a swipe with the Darksaber blade. And then everybody has to beat feet before the Star Destroyer explodes. Now, we don't know for sure whether Tiber Saxon goes down with this thing, but based on the way he was kind of crawling around and going near to the core of this weapon, chances are he was killed in the explosion and all of the bad guys with Clan Saxon are going down with the ship. So once again in Star Wars, there's no direct kill, but they're happily letting other people die by other means, right? Just like Obi-Wan was like, I'm not going to kill Anakin, but I'll leave him to burn to death on Mustafar and obviously that didn't work because he was rescued but basically he's just like I'm not going to kill you but I'll leave you to die like there's you know <laughs> no difference for the Jedi I guess I don't know or I mean to say there is a difference for the Jedi <laughs> there's no difference right actually they even do it you know I was just thinking of Batman Begins the uh, first of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies with Qui-Gon Jinn himself Liam Neeson is the bad guy or is like you know I don't have to kill you but I don't have to save you either and that's how that ends spoiler alert so I guess that must just be a thing anyway so they get off of the Star Destroyer go back to where a whole bunch of different Mandalorian clan representatives are there and ready to pledge fealty to Bo-Katan who is the sister of the Duchess Satine the former Duchess of Mandalore and Sabine hands over the Darksaber to Bo-Katan to make it official that she is now going to be the leader of the Mandalorians in the coming war against the Empire. And that there, my Star Wars Rebels-loving fans, sums up the episode Heroes of Mandalore Part 2. And yeah, unfortunately, you know, it's not like I want to see people die, okay? Don't get me wrong, and it's not like I'm a person who's like oh i love the dark stuff i love it when you know everybody gets all dark and empire strikes back and that sort of thing right that's not really me it's more about just what the stakes are you know i mean after a while doesn't it get a little boring when you're like okay we know everybody's going to be safe at the end of this especially on tv shows where you can go on for years and years and you know it's just okay sometimes it's entertaining to see how the heck are they going to get out of it this time but over time you know you just got to have some mortal jeopardy where you actually believe that anything's possible and they kind of yanked it out from under me on this one so um i enjoyed it but yeah i'm a little bummed that they did not seem to have the courage of their convictions after all but hopefully this means they have a larger plan in store for those characters so i'll keep my fingers crossed one last thing about the episode i'll share with you after the break stay tuned Hey Rebel Rouser, The Last Jedi is coming out in theaters in December, and so it's time for you to brush up on your knowledge of The Force Awakens. Luckily, I've got the thing for you. It's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book. It's available on Amazon right now. Just go to sw7x7.com TFA to get right there. And inside you'll find more than 501 galaxy-spanning questions and answers about The Force Awakens. Again, it's the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book, SW7X7.com. 7.com slash TFA. Welcome back. 
All right, so the one thing I wanted to share with you, which was not really well explained, so I wonder what the deal is with this. Sabine nicknamed this arc pulse generator weapon the Duchess, and this is a direct reference to Duchess Satine, who was the pacifist leader of Mandalore. And we know her, of course, from the Clone Wars and from her unrequited love with Obi-Wan Kenobi, or love for Obi-Wan Kenobi, and vice versa, apparently. And Bo-Katan calls her on this and says, You named this thing after my sister? And Sabine's explanation of it is, you know, just one in a series of bad decisions. But really, why did she name it the Duchess after Satine when Satine was a pacifist? Why would she name a weapon that attacks Mandalorians after the Duchess? The only thing that I could figure was that it was meant to <laughs> pacify. That's not really the word I was looking for, but I guess it will do pacify the aggressive Mandalorians and make it so that, oh, you think you really want to fight after all, well, this will wipe you out and maybe you'll stay nice and calm and not fight anymore after you realize that we've got a weapon like this or let the pacifists have a weapon like this. But if you were, in fact, a pacifist, then you would never use a weapon like that in the first place. So, yeah, I don't quite understand why she nicknamed that the Duchess unless she just had some teenage anger issues or something like that that she was working out. Hopefully that will be explained at a later date. I don't know. Maybe a teenager's sense of irony or something like that. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much, as always, for listening, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you're forced to use a blaster to defeat a cyborg, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you like what you've been hearing, support the podcast at patreon.com slash SW7x7. It's not uncivilized, it's destiny unleashed. not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.